Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now.
101.5 UMFM, this is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Elson, kicking things off for us tonight. The latest single from Greg Spiro under the Chicago Experiment uh, moniker. Way back, beginning of the year, I think it was February, uh, we talked to Spiro when the Chicago Experiment album first dropped on rope dope uh, revising or reviving the uh, city-based experiments. There had been some some great ones decades ago at this point. Uh, but Spiro has uh, announced a, uh, a forthcoming revisitation of the Chicago experiment uh, that'll be out in March on rope dope and Under-Earth Expansion dropped today to tease the rest of the record. Uh, also playing that because it's a little bit of a tease because, uh, fingers crossed, next week I will have label mate Oli Hirvonen on to discuss his great record, Kiello. Uh, so, fingers crossed, we get uh, the dates hammered out and have a little interview. Uh, but that one's next week. This week, I've got an interview with Smokey Tiger talking about the Winnipeg Solstice Festival and with jazz pianist Satoko Fuji. Her new album, Hyaku, 100 Dreams, came out today on Libra. It's her 100th record. Uh, earlier this week, we talked about it, and uh, that'll be coming up after this next track from former Bad Bad Not Good member Leland Witty, also out today on Innovative Leisure. His album's called Anyhow. This is Awake, my favorite from the record on my first listen. And boy, bold moves. Releasing new non-seasonal music in December, but... Uh, Satoko Fuji and Leland Witty getting it done. Keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM.
Well, the release of her 100th album is called Hyaku. Satoko Fuji joins me to discuss it. Welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. Now, obviously, you, you knew this record was coming, that you were, you know, about to hit 100. But I'm, I'm curious in terms of how much thought you gave to what what the material on this record would be versus, you know, the, the 99 that came before it. Like, how much forethought did you give to what exactly this album would be? Um, well, actually, I never counted. I mean, oh. <laughs> I... Yeah, so I didn't know, you know, this is going to be 100. But, you know, some of my friends and some, you know, someone who came to my show very often asked me, probably you, um, probably you already um, released almost 100 CDs. Then I started counting and I realized um, I already recorded 99 CDs, albums. Mm as a leader. So then I decided to do something very special for, you know, 100 album. Now, the the, the album is essentially like five pieces of, of one larger work, 100 Dreams. Is that, did you start mm-hmm. kind of conceiving it as, as one large work that then would be kind of divided up? Like, is, is that when you thought, okay, I want to do something special that, that this came to mind? Well, actually, at first, um, I started composing very beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. and uh, because I had so much time and uh, I wanted to um, describe my feeling, which, you know, everybody had the same feeling in the world, I think. Um, it's kind of, you know, something we never expected. Well, I think, you know, of course, there are several people who knew this kind of stuff would happen. But I myself didn't expect. And I was so shocked and I was stuck in home mm-hmm. and I didn't know what I should do. And, uh, but, you know, as many people, many other people, I was so um, disappointed and de- depressed. And they, they, at the same time, I had some kind of hope you know, because everything seems very difficult and very dark. But there are several, I mean, nice news. Like in Italy, they had, you know, very difficult time. At the same time, you know, like Venice, um, the water became very clear because not so much commercial things happening. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of things. And I thought, oh, okay, people probably could learn something and we can have even better future with this experience. So it was something like, you know, um, very bad, but at the same time, there might be some hope. So I wanted to describe this kind of, you know, complicated feeling that right. I got. And uh, so I made kind of um, sweet, which is long, one long piece. But I did, as I told you, I didn't count this going to be the mm-hmm. 100th. So I composed it for my orchestra in New York at first. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about because you've worked with a variety of different compositions, uh, you know, orchestras, so solo piano, trios. So you conceived of this as an orchestral work, but you ended up with a, a nonet, I think, for this. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. So, so how did you arrive at the the reconfiguring it for a nonet rather than orchestra, and and deciding on the players? Um, you know, as I told you, I wanted to do something very special, and uh, so I thought, okay, this can be like my dream band. I mean, the lineup who I really, really wanted to play with, and. Uh, including some people I never played together before. So I started thinking from some special band for this and ended up having this nonet. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is a fantastic lineup of, of, of players. Did it take much convincing to get these people to play on this record or were they on board when you kind of explained what the, the suite was? Yes, well, you know, when I got banned, I had to um, arrange the piece again because, as I told you, I um, at first I planned playing this piece for my orchestra, which is 15-piece big band. But for this nonet, especially this instrumentation and very special, um, I mean, musicians that I got, now, you know, I needed to arrange the piece for them. So, but I did everything by myself, but I did many, many changes um, from the original version. Now, the electronics, was that in there in the in the arrangements for orchestra or, or was that something that you developed because you had Ikue Mori working with you on this record? Uh -huh. Well, you know, um, I don't have Ikue in my orchestra and I never had electronics player in my big band, but since I really wanted to play with, with her and I like her music, so I decided to have her. And that also makes me change the, the arrangement. Yeah, because there's a, a couple moments, particularly I think it's towards the first, the end of the first suite, where uh -huh. things kind of trail off, and then it's just Ikue's like atmospherics, and, and it like leads into then the trumpets that are muted on the on the second suite. Uh -huh. Like it, it's like I, I was curious about kind of like how much direction you gave the performers when it came to that because it like the the transitions seem to be very dramatic at times and and like conversational between instruments mm -hmm. well you know when i got all musicians i mean lined up i decided to give them um a lot of solo section which they can improvise completely freely because i know they sound great and I didn't want they play written stuff all the time from the beginning to the end. And uh, my idea is getting their voice in my music. And I know that I knew that's going to be great because, you know, 
they are such a great musicians, improvisers. So yeah, I sometimes I had like you know some big picture like we start very quietly and end with like climax. And uh, this part, I would like to some, you know, sudden change, that kind of stuff I um, described. But others, I just, you know, gave them, I mean, okay, play, please play whatever you want. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd read an interview you did with the Ottawa Citizen a few years back that said, you know, as a child, you were very shy and that you not necessarily have abandoned that shyness in later years, but working with all these musicians, does that kind of force you out of that shyness to kind of converse with them and, and talk and create? Or does it, is it a, still present a challenge for you? Well, you know, now with music, I can be very open. Mm. And uh, I don't know why, but um, music makes me feel like I can do whatever I want. So I can be very... Um, I can relax and uh, I can be open and uh, that kind of my personality actually doesn't bother me so much with doing this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The other thing you talked about in that uh, interview that I, I, I had obviously knew about the year that it came out, but your, your 12 albums in one year for your Kaneki, your, your 60th birthday, um, uh -huh. did that, I mean, expanding and, and like, you know, exploring all those different sort of sounds during that one year, was that kind of the, did you, at the time, I'm curious, like, did you view, view it as like a chance to kind of put a, a capstone on what you'd done up to that point or as like opening up into kind of what you would explore coming out of that? Like, was, was it more of a, a coda or, a opening if that i think sense. for me um doing something new with challenging something it's just <laughs> opening all the time mm. not like coda so i just you know 100 is actually a lot probably but i still feel like i'm just a beginning of right. somewhere yeah um you studied with paul blay yes and uh i'm curious because I've, I've i've read a separate interview that talked about you know him revolutionizing your music making and i'm wondering if you can tell us about how he went about revolutionizing your music making what 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 exactly did he say to you or teach you that revolutionized things for you okay um I don't know how much you know about Japanese education and uh, how much you know about Japanese society. But, you know, I grew up, I mean, I was born in Japan and grew up in here in Japan. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Japan, we were, that's like, in our value, being modest and putting my, you know, ourselves low. Uh, like just like very good things. So I was raised up with that kind of value. So I always thought um, I'm not good. 
I couldn't do it. I always felt like that. And as an improviser or jazz musician, it's not possible to express myself with, you know, having that kind of feeling because we have to show ourselves and we cannot hide ourselves. And so um, I was struggling before I studied with Paul. I went to Berkeley College of Music and I practiced a lot. Still, I didn't have any confidence and I didn't um, express myself. I thought I was not good enough. And uh, so Paul, um, basically the thing that Paul told me was like, you know, <clears throat> he was saying you are good enough to do something and it, just do whatever you want or, you know, you need to be yourself. That's the thing that he told me. And if I play like Makoitaina, that doesn't make any sense. People will would buy Makoitaina album, not mine. And so, you know, I need to be my be myself. Otherwise, you know, um people wouldn't buy my CD. <laughs> so and Paul Bray was for a long time um after I started listening to jazz. He was my idol. He was, you know, one of my favorite piano player. So if he told me like that, I began to have confidence. I mean, like, okay, I can do something by myself. It's okay to show myself. So that was a big change as a jazz musician, I think. Now, had had you played free jazz, like, up to the point you met Paul, or... Like, did the, the pursuit of free jazz kind of come out of that opening up that Paul said to kind of be yourself? Like, were you trying to kind of, you know, play standards or, you know, fit well, within a system of, of jazz musicianship, well, like club jazz or something up until that point? Well, I mean, from the beginning, when I started listening to jazz, um, I at first I listened to many like Bach player. Bud Powell, Charlie Parker, and many like, you know, classic jazz stuff. I listened to it, but somehow I was not so happy. I had some kind of um, difficulty um, to into jazz. But when I listened to John Coltrane, Love Supreme, I just jumped in to jazz because I felt like, you know, that's I felt something behind the music, big energy, power, and uh, that's I couldn't explain. But I was so moved, impressed. So from the beginning, I loved free jazz a lot. Then when I was in Berkeley, I thought I needed to play like you know other people, other jazz musicians, mm -hmm. um, before playing free music. So I was struggling, you know, I was listening to Charlie Parker every night and I had nightmare every night. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's not the music before you go to bed. But anyway, I was kind of like, you know, very serious student. And uh, I 
thought I needed to play like, like you know, Bud Powell or, you know, someone like, you know, very good. But finally, I found out it doesn't work. It didn't work. And Paul told me that. So I was so released. I felt so good. Yeah. yeah. You know, it sounds like you were talking, you know, about like the Japanese school system, like that the, there's like, you know, fitting in huh? and, and, you know, sort of the, the ethos of kind of like everyone kind of working towards something versus kind of being singular and, and, Mm-hmm. And, and your own person um mm-hmm. i it, it makes a lot of sense that 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 took a little while for you to kind of to find that mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah it, it actually makes me think i remember when ichiro ichiro suzuki uh was first oh, coming up yeah, in yeah. baseball that you uh-huh. know so many japanese baseball players had been trained you know to hit a specific way and you know to practice a certain way and he was singular and he was almost a jazz musician in his play and that uh-huh. you know it, it really opened up a notion of like oh you don't have to do it this exact way uh-huh. Uh-huh. but, but uh-huh. It, people wanted it to be taught and rather than you know just kind of something that came from within um, uh-huh uh-huh well but you know um Ichiro was i mean already great um I mean, from the beginning, he was very special, I think. And uh, he was, I don't know, he was kind of like genius. He was mm-hmm. born, yeah, with a lot of, you know, he was gifted. He's gifted. And my, I myself, I don't know. I'd I, say you're gifted. I don't know. I, I think, you know, I just wanted to, I would just want, loved music loved um, jazz and uh, i just wanted to do something by myself and uh, i never feel like i'm gifted i just like the thing that i do and i just you know um pursue it and insisted you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah no but i i outside looking in i see a similarity because you're you're i mean both rigorous in your sort of pursuit of it, but also have a very distinct style to, to how you do things like that within a, a system that can often be very kind of like machinery style. So I, Mm -hmm. I, I see it. Um, I, I read that you, you have four more records already kind of waiting in the, in the wings after Hyaku. Yes, actually, you know, I wanted to wait because you know um it was difficult to travel i wanted to make this album in new york city because i started my career from the beginning i mean from the debut cd in new york city so i wanted to record in new york city but because of the situation i mean like you know covid 19 mm-hmm. i couldn't travel so i needed to wait and that made some um, CDs waiting after this CD. And it's, you have a, a solo record, a duo, a trio, Well, uh, a new project? Is that a new trio? 
that I read right? Kriyosan? The next, um, next one will be in February from French label Ira, Ira Records. And this is going to be duo with Otomo Yoshihide, guitar player. So guitar and piano. Mm. And uh, yeah, this, this will be the first album with him. And next one, 100 second, will be um, Kaze, which Natsuki and I form with two French musicians. And we got uh, Ikuen Mori as a guest musician. So five of us, five of us. And we made the music uh, through internet. Oh. So, yeah. And this will be released in March. And uh, in June, I'm planning to release my solo CD. Yeah. So no, no slowing down. Uh, you, you obviously well, if, yeah. create a lot of music. Do you have time to listen to much music? Like, do you listen to a lot of contemporary jazz artists to kind of see what's going on? Or is, is that something you just don't have time for as, as someone who creates so much? When I tour, since, you know, I play in some jazz festival and uh, some clubs where, you know, we share, I mean, like double bill stuff we do. So... I get a lot of um, chance to play um, musicians in our age. I mean, like, you know, live music. So fortunately, I can listen to many great musicians in that way. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, since we have a lot of, like, you know, Facebook, Twitter, you know, that kind of stuff. So that made me um listen to many stuff new stuff and if i get um i get interest i just you know listen to them so mm-hmm. but but i'm not like you know a big jazz fan who always chase music i think i'm like you know in that way i'm kind of slow Gotcha. Before I let you go, Satoko, I want to get you to pick a track, uh, one of the one of the portions of uh, Hyaku that we can play for listeners. Uh, and if you have a reason why you're picking that portion in particular, which which of the five you'd like us to air? Uh huh. It's difficult because you know all um, fragment. I mean, you know, all parts are different feel. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to have something quiet, mysterious, the first part will be that part. And if you would like to some kind of chaos with a lot of energy, um, maybe part five. And, you know, they are all different. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, well, I guess we'll go, we'll go with some, some chaos and celebration since this is, uh, you know, your hundredth record. We might as well, uh, celebrate it um <laughs> thanks very much for taking some time to talk about it and uh, omodeto on uh, on the release of it thank you so much
Back here on Thank God It's a Free Range, you just heard By the Lake, a new single from Pale J and Okonski. Uh, that dropped on Tuesday on Coal Mine Records, uh, great label out of Cleveland celebrating their 15th anniversary coming up. Uh, Steve Okonski, who is performing as Okonski in this act, is of Duran Jones and the Indications, another great coal mine band, and the second person to come out of that band who... Uh, has had some great stuff on his own right, uh, not counting Aaron Fraser, who uh, was one of my favorite records of last year. Speaking of favorite records, uh, Jared McKediak, the station manager, and I will be once again doing our annual Top 20 Countdown show on New Year's Eve. That's where I'll be revealing my Top 20 songs and Top 20 albums. Uh, that'll air from 4 p.m. until midnight here on December 31st. Uh, we'll also have it up online at the same time, so uh, encourage you to check that out. Set your calendars, mark your watches, whatever you do. Uh, anyway, we got uh, Andrew Courtnage, a.k.a. Smoky Tire, coming up 
right after this next musical selection to talk about the Winnipeg as a Solstice Festival happening December 21st at the Royal Albert. Uh, before we get to that, though, Gabrielle Schonk with a new single called Aftertaste. It's the second single to drop from the forthcoming sophomore record from Schonk. I said I'd only have a few. Once again, I'm letting myself down.
right. Well, Wednesday, December 21st, the Winnipegasus flies back into the city at the Royal Albert Arms, the Solstice Festival, hosted by Smoky Tiger, Andrew Kortnich, who joins me on the line to talk about it. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Yeah, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. So uh, the, the idea for this, I mean, as I understand it, so the, it's it's celebrating music videos. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've done this Solstice Festival uh, quite a few times. I think the first time was way back in 2012. Uh, Ten when years ago. The Mayan oh my Apocalypse was going to happen. Uh, and since then, it's kind of gone through a lot of different changes. Um, but this year, yeah, we wanted to bring this music video club concept uh, to the fore. Because uh, I think there's a big vacuum uh, for this type of thing in the city and in the world. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I was thinking about kind of like my kids love watching YouTube, but they rarely watch music videos on YouTube. And for the longest time, that's like all I watched on, on YouTube. And Yeah, I mean, and, and when you think back, like, you know, when, when I was growing up, uh, I've, I saw those old music videos hundreds of times and they're still in my head, you know, when, when back when we had much music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like the Sledgehammer PD. Yeah, exactly. Like, those ones. I, I, I can still picture that that video like to this day. Just even like saying the word sledgehammer, even even if I was like, you know, looking for an actual construction site sledgehammer, it would it would bring to mind the Peter Gabriel stop motion animation. So is have you like put out a call to local artists to f- like find out who actually is currently making music videos? Like how do you how do you go about putting something like this video music club together? Yeah, and, and this was uh, a rewarding process unto itself. Just, uh, you know, doing a survey of, uh, of all the music videos that have been made locally uh, in all different genres. And, uh, I mean, I was blown away. I believe these videos are out there and getting made and that people are barely watching them. So, I mean, that's, that's the, the purpose behind this uh, club. So then you're, you're going to project them on the big screen, but as I understand, there's like evaluations or judging or some sort of contest aspect to this? Yeah, I'm not sure if you've heard of the mysterious uh, in the city uh, whose name is uh, Steve Schmolaris. I don't think I recognize the name. <laughs> Steve Schmolaris is a very unusual uh, person and um, he lives in uh, Schmelkirk, Manitoba, and he every year he awards the uh, annual Schmolaris Prize for uh, best musical album to come out of the city. So this uh, man uh, has a blog called uh, Bad Gardening Advice, and he uh, reports and criticizes on absolutely every single release to come out of this city. He's an incredible critic. So I've uh, requisitioned his services to, um, yeah, make uh, kind of amusing uh, categories and actually turn it into kind of like an award ceremony. Cool. It's not the only thing that's happening as part of this, this festival, though. There's live performances and a craft sale. Yeah, that's right. We got uh, like a dozen crafts people, and and the, the Albert is really great for uh, for for craft market. 
So we've got a big craft market going on, and then uh, we've also got um, a whole lineup of bands. So we've got uh, Son of Dave. I don't know if you know Son of Dave. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a, a big name. He, he used to play in the Crash Test Dummies, and now he's got this kind of one-man band thing. He's, uh, you know, his, he had a single on Breaking Bad. He's kind of like uh, a big deal. And then um, we've got uh, Sam Singer, who's one of my favorite up-and-coming uh, singer-songwriters, uh, who's also got a great video that he's showing. And then it's going to get uh, funky with the Family Planners, which is like a 10-piece... Uh, funk band and then uh if there's still people in the crowd at that point uh the smoky tiger will come on stage and uh, and do a few numbers as well do you have any of your own videos in the in the competition <laughs> well uh yeah there might be one or two but i mean uh, i mean you know it did it did start uh from my own experience making music videos because uh, yeah i've got hundreds of them uh that took a long time to make and I'm really happy with. And then, you know, you put us posted on YouTube and you get, you know, maybe half a dozen views. Right. Well, I know so, I'm, a, I'm responsible for at least a couple of some of those, <laughs> those, those views. Cause I know, I know like through, uh, folks like uh, JD Ormond and stuff, I've, I've definitely seen some of your videos shared on, on, on YouTube. So in terms of making videos, like when you're writing a song, like, do you picture, something like that accompanies it like do you have a, a, a like cinematic or or visual representation of a song as you write it is that something that goes through your head uh not usually but you know once i start thinking about um the visuals it really transforms the medium you know what i mean um uh, it really makes it into something great um and that you know that's what i really miss about um about seeing music videos is uh is this sort of greater art form that that comes out of it it's it's really for the for the artist and the musician uh it really brings their music to another level when you have this other chosen visual going on and um yeah form and that that's kind of uh yeah, the whole purpose behind this club. Right. Working with other people to kind of make your music into a video, is it ever surprising, like, you know, to have a collaborator come at you with an idea about what their music is saying to them or what they want to say to an audience via your music? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's the other part of it is that the music videos get made um, – you know, in teams, uh, people get grants to make these music videos, and then all of these other artists become uh, a part of the process, which is really exciting. Like uh, um, Begonia's uh, videos, recent videos, um, come to mind where she's got uh, really skilled artists in a variety of different media setting up, building these complicated sets, and, you know, creating a whole visual aesthetic um, that again launches the music to a whole other spectrum, and and that's also what what's exciting about the process is having all these different types of artists involved. For sure. Well, the Winnipeg Solstice Festival is on Wednesday, December twenty first, uh, at the Royal Albert, the uh, the historic and and renovated Albert. Um, are advanced tickets available, or how how does that work? Yeah, they sure are. Uh, there's a bunch of different. Um, 
pricing levels has gone that way. So all the musicians uh, are getting in uh, by donation who, who are showing videos. And then um, the rest is at a $20 price. I think that that's fair. I think that, uh, you know, with inflation and that, uh, musicians should be uh, charging a bit more for their show. So it's 20 bucks and uh, $15 in advance. Sure enough. Now, before I let you go, Andrew, I want to. You mentioned Sam Singer, who's on the bill as one of your uh, favorite recent performers. Uh, I've, of course, got the new Sam Singer record uh, here at the station. Maybe you can pick a track from Sam's record that we can play for listeners. Sure. That uh, yeah, the, the great video that he's showing is this one. I think it's called Blue, like something. To do I want with you blue. blue. That one. Yeah, that one. That's that, that's a winner for sure. All right. So f- folks can listen to the song in advance here, and then uh, know that they're going to see the the accompanying visuals uh, on the twenty first. Andrew, thanks very much for taking some time to talk about it, and best of luck with the the fest. Yeah, buddy. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for your interest.
bus this morning About a quarter after nine Could have been the Willie Nelson Could have been the wine When I left your house this morning Where I saw the constellations Reveal themselves one star at a time Drove back to town this morning Working on my mind I thought I may be quitting Thought I'll leaving it behind Went back to bed this morning And as I'm pulling down the blind Yeah, the sky was dull and hypothetical And falling one cloud at a time That night in Toronto With its checkerboard floors Riding on horseback And keeping order restored Till the men they couldn't hang Step to the mic and sing And their voices rang with that Aryan twang
past guest here on Thank God It's Free Range, Mariel Buckley with T. Buckley and their cover of the tragically hip great Bob Cajun. Uh, before that, Sam Singer with I Want You Blue, and that's from the hills beaten roads down to the trees. Uh, they will be playing at the Winnipeg Solstice Festival. My thanks to Andrew, a.k.a. Smokey Tiger, for joining me on the show. My thanks also to Satoko Fuji for joining me earlier in the show. Going to leave you with a couple new tracks. we got a new single from Begonia, and we've got a DJ Shub remix of Ace and Abbey's We Were Here. Keep it locked after 8 Radio coming up after this. No use in cutting me loose yet I beg you Don't leave me behind Some faces you must forget But baby Please not mind On a cold